the Chasing Progress podcast. Let's go! Hello and welcome to another episode of Chasing Progress. This week's episode is a flying solo one, so it's just me today, just David. So it's going to be quick fire questions. I'm going to get through as many questions as possible. I've had loads sent in on my Insta, on the gym's Insta, and people that have just been asking in general. So I'm going to dive into them all. Some of them we can answer. I mean, a lot of these questions could be episodes, but I'm going to do my best to keep these as short as possible. We're going to go for about half an hour, as usual, with our podcasts. And we'll just get through as many of these questions as possible. It'll be weird doing this on my own because I've either been with Sai or a guest. But today, it's just me. That's just the way it is today. So better to get it done than not having it at all. Consistency, that's the key. The Chasing Progress Podcast by Origin Gym. First question, pre-workout. Is it worth it? Yes or no? Um, A lot of these questions can be depends. I could probably answer every single question today with it depends, but I'm going to try and give a better answer and give you a definitive yes or no because people love definitive answers. So pre-workout, I would say yes, it's the best. The, the best thing to do is to try it yourself. With a lot of these things, trial and error. I was curious when I first had pre-workout for more like the claims and stuff that it, you know, it boosts your energy, it'll help you do more reps, help you run faster, longer. You won't get as tired. You won't build up um, any lactic acid or any of that stuff when you're when you're going hard. After using it for like all these years on and off, I haven't used it every workout. I just I use it now and then. I would say just use it yourself. Just try it. Some people respond differently. I've responded differently to different um, pre workouts. Some do nothing at all. Some give you a little buzz, whether it's placebo, whether it's because it's full of things that we don't even know what's in there, because a lot of these things get banned. Then they rebrand themselves and then come out as something else. And it's just, it's one of those things. I wouldn't depend on them. If you want to use them every now for a little boost, go for it. If you just want to see what it's like and you're curious, go for it. But they're not, they're not the be-all and end-all. You can probably just have a coffee and that'll be fine. Um, Next question. Best quick full body workout. Now, there's a couple of depends on this one, so I'll I'll try and give a couple of answers. But if we're talking about no equipment, but we've got a little bit of space, we basically want to get our heart rate high. So if it's a quick workout, we're not going to be doing massive weights, are we? So it's not a strength session. It's just a quick quick calorie burner. Get your heart rate as high as as possible. So something like running, try and and mark out like a 20-meter shuttle track. Run there and back, so one, two two lengths and then do two burpees then run four lengths and four burpees six lengths six burpees you can change these numbers whatever way you want depending on the time you've got but that's like a non-equipment and if you've got a little bit little bit of space if you've got no space to run then something like air squats burpees press-ups they're always a good one so you're getting a full body movement, you're getting your heart rate high and it's non-stop and you can do that. You could do like a 10 minute one, 20 minute one, 30 minute one and you just try and get as far as you could. So if you say you're doing those three um, squats, so an air squat, you could do, you could go up in twos, you can go up in ones, you could go in fives, just depending on the time. So you could do like five air squats, five burpees, five press-ups or one, one, one if you're doing it for a longer time because you'll fatigue quite quick. If you're in the gym, Best quick full body workout, something similar, really light load, and then 
do something similar. So a back squat with a really light load. If you've got a pull-up bar, do some pull-ups. And then if you've got access to a gym, you can do like a little shuttle, little shuttle run. But anything that's going to last you like 20, 30 minutes, blast it out, get your heart rate up, and that's it, done. Progress, not perfection. The Chasing Progress podcast. Which fitness tracker is best? In my experience, and in the latest research that's out there, fitness trackers, a lot of these wearables, so the your Apple Watch, your the Whoops, Whoop, I've got a Garmin, but I've had an Apple Watch. Um, they can be anywhere from, I think the research said it's 15 to 28% wrong or inaccurate. So don't depend on them. If you're going to use one, just use one and stick to it. I didn't like the Apple Watch. It just Apple tried to do everything. So they cover every single thing, but don't do anything perfectly. Um, a Whoop is brilliant for recovery data, for all kinds of data, um, sleep, strain. It'll track your workouts. But I've now got a Phoenix. So a Phoenix Pro Garmin Phoenix Pro so, I don't know, the big one anyway. Um, it's more a running watch, and I can't run that much at the moment. I just like big watches. But I like, I just like the way this one feels. It's way better than an Apple Watch. It's probably more accurate than an Apple Watch as well, and when I start running, it'll be good for that as well. But the best thing I would say for tracking, I'd say cardio workouts and hit training and stuff like that, is a MyZone belt. That's, what, that's the most accurate because... It's a strap, goes across your chest, tracks your heartbeat, your heart rate, and that's the most accurate than the wrist ones. So my zone, my zone belt, they've just bought a new one out as well, which is smaller, but the normal one's fine. Um, is it better to stick with low, easy weights and perfect my form before progressing to heavier weights? I mean, yeah, you've answered your own question. That That's exactly what you do. No one should be going in and lifting a massive amount of weight if they're not experienced or confident in lifting that weight. Best thing to do is get your confidence, build your body's tolerance to load up as well. If you take a new person and just put them under a bar and put 80 kilos on it, it'll probably just crush them. They'll they'll lose the confidence, whatever confidence they had. They will think it's rubbish. They will think they're weak. They will they'll lose the confidence and they won't enjoy the gym and that's not what we want. So Build up people's confidence, start low, might even be with an air squat, we don't even have to put weight on it, start with an air squat, perfect it that way, then we can bring a dumbbell in, do a goblet squat or a kettlebell and just build up slowly to that back squat, front squat, overhead squat. Depending on the person, we can always progress or regress. Some people don't like the word regress because it sounds like failure, so we can scale it back a little bit, just adapt it to that person. Um, but yeah, the best thing to do is low easy weights, perfect your form, and then move on. But never be afraid of, you know, doing a rep wrong or your back bending every now and then. If you're doing a deadlift, you're never going to be at right angles and stuff like that. If you drop something on the floor, you're just going to bend down and pick it up. You're not going to set yourself, get your back arched, and then squat down and then deadlift a pen up. You're just going to bend down and pick it up. So we also have to get strong in those positions. It's not always about being perfect angles and perfect symmetry and all this type of stuff. We live in the real world. Work hard, be consistent, make it happen. Is bulking or cutting bad for your hormones? It can be. It definitely plays a part. And there's a question later on. Where was it? And the best diet for PCOS. So people suffering with PCOS, 
PCOS is it's been or it's shown that it's a it's a problem with the hormones. So cutting and bulking, yeah, it can if that's playing with your hormones then and you've got PCOS or it could play a part in PCOS. So with women they naturally have a higher body fat. Bulking and cutting is gonna have a, a say in that. So if you're bulking, obviously you're gonna put more weight on, it's gonna play with your hormones. If you're cutting, it's also gonna adjust and play with your hormones as well. So what we've got to do, we've just gotta be aware of what of what we're doing and why we're doing it. Anything that you're going to extremes with is gonna affect your body in some way. What the body wants is it's like it's called homeostasis. So we want to just keep in a nice, basically keeping it nice and optimal, nice and even. So if you're bulking or cutting, you're going a little bit. Instead of being here, we're going up here or down here. So we're going away from that normal. We're going to an extreme up or an extreme down. So we've just got to be careful on what we're doing with stuff like that. I would get the advice of someone who knows what they're talking about with food and nutrition. Don't try and do it alone. Next question. We're flying through these. Where are we? One, two, three, four, five, six. Six question. Protein tips for vegans. Eat meat. Um, or eat meat substitutes. That's probably the best one. Um, as much shakes, as many shakes as you can, because there's high, they're high protein. Um, just, I guess, it's a difficult one. We've got a few vegans in the gyms, and we have a lot of questions regarding... Um, vegans and the diets and stuff and how they get protein shakes is an easy one because you can get like an easy 20 30 40 grams of protein in one in one go so a good one is if you're having oats in the morning so protein uh, porridge oats in the morning throw two scoops in there and you're getting like 40 depending on the brand 40 to 50 grams of protein don't be too fussy either so if that works do it again for your snack or your lunch just have another high protein lunch or snack other things we can do we can have nuts so nuts are high in calories they are high in protein uh, high in protein as well also high in fat beans so beans what are the legumes legume legumes i don't even know how to say it i always struggle with that one legumes they're a good part so they they, they can be included um any there's a lot these days there's lots of vegan options especially with these fitness companies and nutrition companies so just have a look on there. You'll find things that I, like I can't even think of, but you'll find loads of things on there, options and alternatives and snacks and stuff like that. The powder is probably the easiest one, but they're bringing out bars now and, and everything as well. So bars, powders, little snacks. There's lots. It's 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 much easier now for people, vegans, to get the protein intake higher. Like there's no, there's no reason why you can't get your protein higher. The Chasing Progress Podcast by Origin Gym. Can I make proper strength gains or shall I cook cardio? So if you want to get strong, I would just focus on a strength program. You can do cardio. I wouldn't do a lot of it. I'd just do some steady stuff, maybe two or three times a week. Maybe ask a bodybuilder, maybe ask some big, mad, strong person. But strength training, I would stick to either of the five program, five sets of five, or five three one program. I've done the five three one program. That that was good for me. I got some really good strength gains from that. That was with minimal cardio. Um, that's because I like cardio. So doing minimal. I think I did like maybe steady for half an hour after the end of each one. But if you read the instructions on that program, they say don't do any more or less than what they say. Follow it to the point. 
So the five three one program, I think, gives you three days of of steady state cardio. So that just means like going on bike, ski, rower for forty five minutes or something, and not letting your heart rate get past the blue zone. Um, how many rest days per week should I be having? I'm tying this in with another question, which is how do I know if I'm training too much? You know you're training too much if you're asking the question. Rest days are very, very individualized, very specific to the person. So right now, I train Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Usually have a lighter session on a Wednesday, kind of kind of a recovery day. And I, I'll usually have Saturday and Sunday off from the gym. But... And the big but for this for me, and this is why it's just me, I stay active. So it'll either be, I'll be going for walks with the kids on the Saturday, taking the dog out, doing the f- stuff in the garden, in the house, going to the beach with the kid. I'll always be doing something because I'm someone who likes to move and do stuff. I don't want to train seven days a week. I've done that in the past. For optimal stuff, it, it depends on the person because... Some people just train for mental health, mental clarity. It makes them feel good afterwards, and there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with training seven days a week. All I'd say to that is don't train intensely for seven days a week because you'll just hit a brick wall. You talk about, you know, when you're in a marathon and you get to like the um, you get to like the 20th mile and you hit a wall, that's similar to what it's like. You'll just you'll feel rubbish, you'll feel lethargic, you won't want to do anything, your body'll just be craving for a rest. So Rest days are very individualized, depending on the training you're doing, depending on your job, depending on your lifestyle. Um, but yeah, I would factor them in, but similar to me, just make it individualized, be sensible with it, maybe keep moving, maybe treat one of your days as a stretching, recovery day, go for a swim, just something that's a little less intense than what you usually do. Just give your body, muscles, ligaments a rest once or twice a week. That would probably be optimal. Younger people... You know, they've just got that extra energy, haven't they? The, the confidence, the the get up and go, the confidence they're not going to get injured and stuff. So it's difficult to tell a younger person to, not that I'm old, by the way, um, it's difficult to tell a younger person to rest. But, you know, we just learn from our own experiences. So you can only give advice and then it's down to the person to implement that advice. Work hard, be consistent, make it happen. Best food to have before or after training. So there is no best. We've got to get away from this best, worst, all this type of stuff. So optimal stuff. Food before training, you don't want nothing too heavy. So something optimal would be something like a, a jam sandwich about half an hour before, a banana half an hour before, a coffee about an hour before. Nothing too heavy that is going to, you know, if you have a steak and chips about half an hour before you do 10k running or heavy weights or a 20 minute intense wad you're just you're going to see it on the gym floor after about five minutes so nothing too heavy something light gives you a little bit of energy little boost before you're training and then the best thing after it is something a little bit more carb heavy carb dominant and sugary that would be the optimal thing something that's more dominant in carbs maybe something about 20 grams of protein in maybe 50 grams of carbs and then a little bit of fat so five grams of fat or something like that, that would be the best thing to have. Again, it's very it's very individualized. Some people just can't eat after training. Some people want to demolish a steak and chips. So again, it's very individualized, but that is like the general rule of thumb. Next one. How do I get rid of bingo wings? 
So for those who don't know, or've been hiding under a rock, bingo wings are the excess bit of skin that are on the triceps. Usually you see them in old women, so when they're playing bingo and they're saying bingo like this, all this shakes, and that's the bingo wings. Like anything, we can't spot reduced fat. So you can't just say, I want fat to move off my stomach, so I'm going to do some crunches or something. It doesn't work like that. So the best thing to do is train regularly, train consistently, and look after your diet. So if you're in a calorie deficit to lose weight, if you're doing lots of tricep work, overhead work, stuff that's going to engage the tricep area, that's not going to do no harm. So do that. Next question training fasted yes or no so should i train fasted yes or no it depends but i said i'm not going to do that so i would say no don't train fasted i wouldn't train fasted because i would collapse and die after about 5 minutes of a hard session um but some people can't train without food some people can't have breakfast so again it's very individualized if you it depends what you're doing it for you ask i'm guessing this is like to lose weight or whatever it's not it's not the worst thing to do in the world if you can cope and get a good session in by having no breakfast then then do it because it's an easier way just to reduce your calories but as i say i'm i'm someone who has to have food before training so i have to have like my porridge um my porridge my protein raspberries fruit all that stuff before i train um detoxes should we be doing them and then another one, yes or no to detoxes. Detoxes have been around for ages. They're going to be around for ages. It is a stupid thing to do. Your body detoxes itself. And this bring this is this is where like it comes in with the vaccine and stuff. Like your body knows what it's doing. Your body looks after itself. If it comes under attack, your body is equipped to look after you. Your jo- your body's only job is to survive, and you keep your body healthy. So. That that's all you've got to do. You haven't got to do any stupid fancy things just to give them names, just to make it sexier or make it sound sexier. Just let your body do what it does. You don't need to detox. You don't need to have two hundred calories a day. You don't need to do any silly diets. Talk to a professional if you want to lose weight. They will put you in a little deficit that's manageable and give you a training program that is sustainable. And that's all you have to do. Nothing stupid. It doesn't matter to a lot of people because they'll do detoxes anyway. But for those who want to know and want to listen, detoxes are useless. Don't do them. Progress, not perfection. The Chasing Progress podcast. What to watch out for in the fitness industry? That's a good question because I would say from my point of view right now, it's all stuff to do with breathing. And it just so happens this came today, my airwave. So... Airwave mouthpiece. I don't know if it works. I've seen it out. A few people have been talking about it. So I've got one. So what it says on the thing, it says, introducing the Airwave performance mouthpiece. Airwave directs your tongue down and forward. And when you gently bite down, it creates the optimal airway opening and ignites cortical function in your brain. It's patented and scientifically proven with peer-reviewed published research to reduce your respiratory rate by 20%, resulting in less lactic acid and increased endurance. Reduce cortisol buildup by up to 50%, resulting in faster recovery times. Now, we all know these claims. We might This might well be in Chinese. It doesn't mean anything. But 
there's a lot of stuff about breathing at the moment. It's 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 the in thing. So the oxygen advantage, Patrick McKeon books, James Nestor books on breath. These are all very like they've been out a while, but they're very interesting. And there's definitely one hundred percent benefits to breathing properly and eliminating over breathing, breathing through the mouth. Many benefits to nasal breathing. It's all very interesting. I'm I'm new to it at the moment, so I'm still learning about this. But you know, this might be absolutely rubbish. But I'm just going to try it. It might work for me. But like I said earlier on with stuff, trial and error. I try these things, and some things are rubbish. Some things are good. But you only know by trial and error yourself. So that's the best advice. Try things yourself. Buy things yourself. See if it works. Don't take someone's advice. Don't take someone's word for it as gospel. Always question things. Always do them yourself. Um, next question is, is it true you burn more calories after training? Can I have Haribo and it doesn't count? <laughs> um, no. You have to, all your calories should be accounted for. Just because you train, Simon's favorite saying doesn't mean you reward yourself like a dog I know I like to reward myself but that's different it doesn't mean that there's like a magic time where you can then eat a chocolate cake or anything and it doesn't count just because you've trained everything that goes in and everything that goes out should be over a consistent period so no you can't eat something straight after a training session and expect it not to count because it will count is it okay to overeat protein if you're under your total calories for the day? Uh, yeah, it's okay. You're not going to die. But the best thing to do is try and be consistent and hit the numbers that you've been given. Uh, I'll tie this into macros and what are macros and stuff. So macros are macronutrients. So the three big food groups, the three big macronutrients are carbohydrates, fats, and proteins. So when someone says they're counting their calories, it's carbs, proteins, and fats, and they make up your calories for the day. So is it okay to overeat protein if you're under total cals? So yes, technically you're still in, in a deficit, but you know if you've been given 180 grams of calories to eat, you don't want to be having 290 regularly because that would be silly. Try and stick to the numbers you've been given. Give or take one or two. You know, it's not the world's not going to end if you're five grams over on your protein or if you're five grams under, if 10 cals under on your calories. Just try and be consistent over time. Work hard, be consistent, make it happen. Is it better to reduce carbs but not cut them out completely? It depends what you're trying to do. If you're not tracking calories, if you're not, if you're happy with the way you're training, the way you're eating, then no, you, you just eat as you eat. You don't have to restrict anything. If you're on a calorie-reduced diet and you're trying to lose weight, then yeah, carbs would probably be one that you would look to reduce. Only because, and this is where they get the stigma of being bad and making you fat, Carbs are in everything. So when you say reduce carbs, it basically just means reducing the things that you're eating that just aren't necessary. So sweets, crisps, cakes, things like that. They are full of carbs. But instead of like thinking about reducing carbs, just think about reducing crap, re reducing the, the junk stuff that you're eating. That's where carbs get a bad name. Carbs are... Carbs are like my best friend. Carbs are most people who train regularly, best friend. You don't want to be cutting them out. That's where they're getting a bad name. People see bread, bread are carbs, bread's bad. No, they're not. It's the cake you eat with the bread. It's something else you have on the bread. Um, I think that's it. I think we're a wrap. We've done one, two, three, four, 
5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20. Solo episode this week, all done. We'll be back with myself and Simon and a guest next week. Hopefully, we've got some exciting guests coming on. We're just getting them all sorted. In the meantime, if you can rate, review, give us a five-star like as usual, wherever you listen to the podcasts, share it with your friends so we can tap into new people, new people can hear us, um, and just share, yeah, share us, share the podcast, review, rate, follow, subscribe, all those things, and we will see you again next time for the next Chase and Progress podcast. Thanks, everyone. See you soon. Thank you for listening. Subscribe now on iTunes and Spotify. The Chasing Progress Podcast. Find us on Instagram at origin underscore gym.